الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Beloved brothers, sisters and elders in Islam We have discussed the importance of Tazkiyah to nafs Reformation of the self in a previous Jumu'ah And we have indicated that ulama such as Imam Ghazali rahimahullah have stated that it is fard ain, it is a personal obligation on every Muslim that he reforms his self. That he reforms his self. We have discussed that tazkiyah to nafs is tahliya, adorning yourself with praiseworthy qualities, and tahliya, stripping the nafs of blameworthy qualities. Today we want to focus on the two premises of tazkiyah, which is number one, that everything has an underlying truth, an underlying essence, an underlying reality. In Arabic, this is known as haqiqah. This is known as haqiqah. And that when this haqiqah is fulfilled, when you act in accordance with that haqiqah, that reality, you experience something that is known as happiness, in Arabic, called sa'ada. So today's discussion is on haqiqah, and Sa'ada, the reality of who man is, what man is, and how best for man to attain to happiness in this world and in the next. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, had said, Inna likulli shay'in haqiqatan, everything has a reality. Walayyablugha ahadukum haqiqatal imani, and none of you will attain to the reality that is iman. حَتَّى يَعْلَمَ أَنَّ مَا أَصَابَهُ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُخْتِئَهُ Until he comes to fully know, he fully acknowledges that whatever came his way was not to miss him. وَمَا أَخْتَأَهُ لَمْ يَكُنْ لِيُصِيبَهُ And that whatever missed him was not to come his way. You will never taste the reality of Iman until you believe in Qadha and Qadr. Until you believe that whatever came your way would never have missed you, regardless of what you had done. And that whatever failed to come your way would never have come your way, regardless of what you had done. You receive what Allah has decreed for you to receive. What misses you is what Allah has decreed to miss you. So whether it is good or whether it is bad, you say, Qaddar Allah wa ma sha'a fa'al. Allah has, decreed it, Allah has decreed it such, and whatever Allah decrees, so He does. So Iman even, Iman, there's a haqiqah, a reality behind it. This reality obviously is not necessarily its external appearance. If we look at ourselves as humans, what do we see? Externally, we are not very unlike the animals out there. If we look at, at ourselves, we see we have a skin that is somewhat similar to theirs. And when we peel away the skin and we look below, then there is hardly a difference between us and the monkey or some other animal out there, which has caused some people to start believing that maybe we are related in some manner or the other. But that is not the reality that is in sun. This fleshy clothing that he wears. No, the reality that is in sun lies deep inside. It is that thing known as the ruh. It is the soul. It is for this reason that the day that you die, we do not address your body and say, may your body have a nice rest now. 
We address the soul. And what do we say? You will find that almost every janaza they have the following saying. What do they say? They say, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatan mardiyah. Our soul that is at peace, insha'Allah. Our soul that is at peace, insha'Allah. Return now unto your Lord. Pleased with your Lord. While your Lord is pleased with you, insha'Allah. That is a dua we have for you. We do not address the body. We address the soul. Because the soul has now been released from its fleshy capsule that it inhabits. And now it will move on to eternity. And Allah knows best. So the reality of the human is his soul. And it is not the fleshy body that he inhabits. But the soul itself has many aspects or sides to it. We discussed three of the sides to the soul in a previous Jumu'ah. We said you get the nafs ammara bisu. That soul that commands its owner with evil. Then the second level is the nafs lawama. The soul that reproaches itself. That sees the deficiencies and the need for improvement. And then we get the final level. That is the nafs mutma'inna. That soul that is at peace and at ease with the divine decree of its Lord. And Allah knows best. The ulama of Tazkiyah, however, have another four divisions. Where they say it is possible for you to be in one of four halat. For you to be in one of four conditions. That is indicated to by various Quranic verses and various prophetic ahadith. And I will have a look at those four just now. But before we continue to that... I want to ask this question. When you say, I am happy, when you say, I am happy, we have realized that everything is a reality. So what is the reality of I? Who is this being known as I? When you say, I am happy, then who are you? What of you is happy? And when you say that you are happy, what does happiness mean? What is the reality of this thing known as happiness? So the historian and polymath, alim of many sciences, Ibn Khaldun, and Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah, they say that happiness, sa'ada, hiya husulul ladha, wa na'im, bistifai kulli gharizatin ma yashtahihi muqtada tab'iha. It is the delight and pleasure of every instinct when it acquires that which it longs for on account of and consistent with its very nature. So whatever you are, whatever you are as an existent, when things occur to you that fulfill your basic instincts in accordance with your nature, that is when you attain to happiness. We have a beetle that is known as a dung beetle. And when it is able to place its eggs in dung, and it is able to roll the dung away so that the eggs can now Heads and it can produce other dung beetles, then it is happy. So if you get a Mrs. dung beetle and a mustard dung beetle, and mustard dung beetle must give Mrs. dung beetle a gift, what he needs to give her is dung, and then she's going to be happy, inshallah. But if you go and give your wife dung, what is going to happen? So it is not in the nature of insan to enjoy the gift that is dung, but it is in the nature of the dung beetle. To enjoy the gift that is done. Because it accords with the instinct and the basic nature of that particular animal. I've asked this in a previous Jumu'ah. The famous fairy tale of the ugly duckling. What made the duckling ugly? Was the reality that it was a swan. 
So when the swan tried to be a duck, it turned out to be a very inefficient and ugly duck. But when the swan realized that it was born to be a swan, then its true beauty came out. So you need to know what animal in the jungle you are. If you know what animal in the jungle you are, you know what food to eat. If you don't know you're a lion, you think you are a goat, and you start to eat grass, obviously you are not going to be happy. You need to know that you are a lion. And when you know that you are a lion, you know that you need to eat meat. Now you know where to sleep at night also, knowing that you are a lion. Now you know also who to take as a wife, knowing that you are a lion. But a lion wasting his time with a goat? Allahu Akbar. No happiness, no children. There will not be a goatian. It will not come into existence. Lion needs to go with lion, and then we will have that thing known as a cub. And this is where happiness lies. Happiness lies in knowing who you are, in knowing what you are, and acting in accordance with it. So the soul has four aspects. The first aspect of the soul, as stated by the ulama of Tazkiyah, is an-nafs al-bahimiyyah. That part of the soul that is beast and animal-like, a cattle-like nature. So what makes a cow happy? What makes a sheep happy? If you give the cow or the sheep a place to sleep where it will be safe, and you give it food, and you give it drink, and in its season, you give it the option to copulate, then that sheep will be happy, that cow will be happy. Its needs are material needs. Allahu Akbar. And when those material needs are fulfilled, then that animal is happy. In a like manner, some of us are in our bohemian state. We are in our cattle-like state. And all we aspire to is to eat and to drink and to copulate and then to go and sleep. Allahu Akbar. Sometimes in that sequence also. So Allah says in the Quran, Surah Al-A'raf, verse 179. We had created for Jahannam. They will end up landing up in Jahannam. Many of jinn kind and many of mankind. They have hearts that they do not think with. They have eyes that they do not see with. And they have ears that they do not hear with. It is not that they cannot think. They are able to think. And they are thinking, but in materialistic senses, not in the spiritual sense. It is not that they are unable to see. They see that which is material. But they are unable to see that which lies beyond the material. It is not that they are not able to hear. Yes, they are able to hear and they hear things that are material but they are not able to hear that which is beneficial for the akhirah. They only hear that which is beneficial for the earthly and fleshy condition. And Allah knows best. So elsewhere in Surah Muhammad, verse 12, we find a similar statement. The people of disbelief, they are enjoying themselves. They are eating. But they are eating as how cattle eat. They are eating as how? Cattle eat. That is the only concern. Fulfillment of material need. Coming back to that other ayah. So Allah says that they have hearts that they do not think with. They have eyes that they do not see with. They have ears that they do not hear with. Ula'ika kallan'am. Such a people, they are like cattle. Balhum adal. 
Rather, they are even more strayed than the cattle. Because the cattle does not have the power of insight that man has. The cattle is not, does not have the level of intellect that man has. So when a man behaves like a cow, then he is not the equivalent of the cow. He is lesser than the cow. Because you had received more gifts than what the cow had received. The cow has no potential beyond what it is doing. But your potential is enormous. But you have chosen to be on the level of the cow. So you are not like the cattle. You are even more astray than the cattle. And Allah knows best. Such a people, they have grown unmindful of Allah. They have grown unmindful of their spiritual side. They are focusing only on their material side. The need to eat, the need to drink, the need to rest, the need to copulate. And Allah knows best. So that's level one. A cattle-like mind. A cattle-like way of looking at the world. Level two is when you become a predator. Your nafs is, is in that state of what is known as sabu'iyah. You have a predatory nafs. What makes a predator happy? A predator does not just want to eat and drink and sleep and copulate. A predator wants to kill and it wants to maim. A predator wants to usurp the property of others. A predator wants to feel the power of its anger, the power of its rage. It wants to roar and show the world, this is who I am. It wants to go gorilla on you. Ta -ta 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 -ta. That's a predator. It wants to compete for power. It wants to compete for domain. It loves violence. It lusts after competition. Peace and contentment for a predator can only exist after it has been violent. After it has allowed its own anger to flow out into the dunya. Is that what Islam wants for you? That you should be a predator? That you should be focused on overpowering others? The Prophet of Allah, peace be upon him, says, لَيْسَ شَدِيدُ إِنَّمَا شَدِيدُ مَنْ يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ The powerful man is not the one that can wrestle others to the ground. No. The powerful man is the one that can control himself at the moment of anger. So true power does not lie in wrestling others to the ground. Sometimes it's easy to do that because you are such a large man, you just jump on a guy and you got him. You are the Kung Fu Panda of Muslims. Allahu Akbar. But to control your own nafs at the moment of anger, that requires a special ability. That requires a special sabr that does not merely lie in the wit of your body. It lies in the training of your soul. And Allah knows best. Reflect and ponder, my dear brother and sister in Islam. Do you find pleasure in anger and rage? Do you serve the property of others without remorse? Do you enjoy beating the innocent and the weak into submission? Is it your business ethic to finish off and kill the competition? Is that you? If that is you, then it means you are in your predatory state. And Allah knows best. You can expand this idea, my dear brothers, as how you get a predatory individual. You get a predatory family. They think like that. They just want to compete. They just want to destroy. And you get a predatory community. And you get a predatory nation. A nation that lives off other nations. Always desiring to force its violence upon them. And Allah knows best. There's a third solo aspect. And it's called the shaitani aspect. And nafs a shaitaniya. And this nafs finds happiness in developing satanic traits and actions.
Now, what are the traits of shaitan? If you look at shaitan, starting from the first moment that we know him, the point where he disobeys Allah, we find that he suffers from kibr, he suffers from pride and arrogance. We find that he uses his intellect in defense of his personal womb, his personal hawa, and his personal shahwa fancy, and he uses his intellect to combat the text of sharia. My dear brothers in Islam, the intellect is not a bad thing. If the intellect is used to understand Allah, then the intellect surely is a good thing. But if the intellect is used to combat Allah, then it would have been better had you not had that intellect. It would have been better had you not had that intellect. So the intellect, it is neither good nor bad, it is neutral. It is how the intellect is used. If the intellect is used in the right manner, it is something good. And if the intellect is used in the wrong manner, it turns out to be something bad. It is like money. Money is neutral. Money in the hands of the right man builds hospitals, saves lives. Money in the hands of the right man feeds the poor, clothes the needy. And money in the hands of the wrong man becomes an instrument of power, an instrument of corruption, where I can now build for myself and take from my nation and build for myself. Allah Akbar, look after all my wives. Money in the hands of the wrong man. Allahu Akbar. You know what I'm saying? Another quality of shaitan is deception. If you didn't get what I said, you're probably a foreigner. <laughs> but if you understand South African politics, you would know what I'm referring to. Another satanic quality is the quality of deception. Where the aim is to delude others, to trick and con them. And the highest form of deception it's when you delude people away from Allah, who is the only true source of their happiness. So whatever you call it, that's that you are calling them towards. The reality is that you are calling them away from their happiness. You are calling them away from true situation of need. Whatever you are calling them towards, whatever it is. You are deluding men into thinking that he himself or other humans are better than what they are. We need to understand our position out there in creation. There are only two positions. Position number one, the position of the owner of everything, the khalik, its creator. Position number two, of the owned, the slaves. Makhluk, creation. So who are you? Are you creator or are you creation? Are you owner or are you owned? And if you come to the understanding that you are owned, you are the slave. The slave of who are you? The slave of a most merciful being. All that being is asking you is be what you were born to be. What were you born to be? So Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ I have not created mankind or jinn kind except for my worship. See the pig, my dear brother. I've said this uh, repeatedly. The pig is the ultimate garbage can. It is that can that goes to the garbage. The garbage doesn't need to come to the can. And see what the pig does. It relishes the eating of garbage. That is what it was born to do. And it enjoys doing that. The more nudges a pig can have, the happier the pig is. Allahu Akbar. So technically the pig is an obedient slave of Allah. Which has led me to the conclusion that when you look at a man that is a disobedient, a sinner unto Allah, and you call that man a pig, 
You need to understand that you are insulting the pigs. Because they are obedient slaves of Allah. And they are doing what Allah created them to do. While this one is a sinner, he is in Allah's disobedience. So all the pigs, they are properly offended by what you have just said. It's just unfortunate that they can't lobby against you. They, they, they didn't learn how to toy toy yet. And Allah knows best. So Shaitan used his mind against Allah, and then he was cursed. And now he's trying to, de to deceive us, to turn us also away from Allah, so that we might also be cursed, and Allah knows best. This path is a path that leads to shirk. It is for this reason that the Arabs have a saying, and the ulama quote this repeatedly, Rahimallahu abdan arafa haddahu fawaqafa inda. May Allah shower with mercy that slave of his that knows his own limitations and he moves no forward. He doesn't move beyond the limitations that Allah has set upon him. It's a good thing yes to believe that you can do more. This is when you are dealing with dunya. But when you are dealing with deen, you need to tread carefully. There's a saying in the English language that I like. The saying says, fools rush in where angels dare not tread. So malaika, they don't get hurt, cannot be killed. They are fearful to walk here. But the fool, he rushes in. You understand? The angel does not want to walk there even in a soft manner, soft thread. But the fool, he rushes in. Stupid is as stupid does. And Allah knows best. Elsewhere, we have learned from the ulama that what is the aim and purpose of all the Anbiya? The aim and purpose of all the Anbiya is ikhrajul ibad min ibadatil ibad ila ibadati rabbil ibad. It is to take the slaves of Allah out of the worship of other slaves and bring them into the worship of the creator of all of the slaves. That is the one central message of every Nabi that ever was. The Shari'as of the Anbiya frequently differed or the Rusul, but the Aqidah was always the same. La ilaha illallah. There is no being worthy of worship but Allah. Whether it was Nabi Adam, whether it was Nuh alayhi salam, whether it was Nabi Isa, whether it is the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, they all came with one kalima. La ilaha illallah. There is no being worthy of worship but Allah. Another particular trait of a shaitan is that he or she wants to sow seeds of animosity amongst the Muslims and amongst others. And they are people of hypocrisy. Externally, they offer you sweet suggestion, but internally it is pure evil and hatred. And Allah knows best. So ponder and reflect, my dear brother in Islam, what is your way? Do you suffer these illnesses? Is there need for you to train your soul? Yeah, we need to realize that Satan is not just interested in killing men. If Satan is successful in killing men, you die perhaps as a shaheed, inshallah. Or at the very least, you die as an innocent soul. So your jannah is still guaranteed. No, Satan don't want to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. What does he want to destroy? He wants to destroy not your body. He wants you to go to the gym and do some weightlifting there. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Come Fajr, I slap no. 
But come jump, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Why you can't make rukus like that? No pain, no gain. But no pain, no gain here. One rakaat, two rakaat, three rakaat, four rakaat. As many rakaat as you like. <laughs> you understand? But come salah, no rakaat. In fact, over there is reps and sets, for those who know. Over here, no reps, no sets. Allahu Akbar. No pain, no gain. But over here, pain. Can't do it. Allahu Akbar. It is why I've developed the following statement. Do for your deen what you are prepared to do for your dunya, and surely you will be successful. Surely you will be successful. Which man takes the shiny glass that they want to sell him to the barber and asks the barber, do you think this is diamonds? Should I buy it? Nobody does that. Because it's dunya, it's important. But when it comes to deen, you take your deen from your barber. While he's giving you a haircut, you want to discuss masail with him. He is the mujtahid of hair. You must ask him things about hair, not things about deen. There's another man that you must ask about deen. And Allah knows best. So do for your deen what you are prepared to do for your dunya. And surely you will be successful. So we actually don't value our deen. When I send my child to school, then the monthly fee is 600 rand. Mashallah, no problem. When I send my school to madrasa, 25 cents a day. Oh, sorry, can't afford that. What is more important? What is more important? What is probable when that is the attitude? What is probable is that your child will get a good job. What about Jannah? What about Jannah? You want a less than 25 cents Jannah for your child? Is that what you're asking? Because you can only get what you pay for. And Allah says, Inna sil'atallahi ghaliya That his product is expensive. Allah inna sil'atallahi yal jannah. Behold, the product of Allah is paradise itself. You are not going to get paradise with a 25 cent while you are putting a 600 rain into your dunya. You must know which one is more important. And Allah knows best. So Shaitan wants to destroy men. He wants to destroy his heart via shirk, via kufr, and via general disobedience. If these traits dominate in yourself, then you need to know that you are in that state that is known as satanic. Now, if you're finding it difficult to figure out, which state am I in? I am, uh, am I in that cattle-like state? Am I in that predatory-like state? I am, am I in the satanic state? Then you need to ask yourself, what just, what just springs out of your mouth spontaneously? What just spontaneously comes on your limbs? It is what you incline to do. Do you incline to eat the whole time? Do you incline to speak about food and drink and copulation the whole time? Is that your manner and style? Are you always speaking about how to conquer, how to rule, how to, be, to beat the competition? What are you speaking about? Are you speaking about the importance of tricking people? The importance of knowing how to say things, still saying the right thing, or rather the wrong thing, but just saying the, changing the way you're saying it. What is your focus in life? What just automatically springs spontaneously from your mouth and spontaneously on your limbs? And yeah, my dear brothers, regarding shaitan, I want you to focus on one reality of the Quran that I realized one day. The Quran technically opens with, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim. Oh Allah, I seek refuge from the accursed Satan. And it ends with, Min al-jinnati nas the devils amongst men and jinn So it starts with, protect me from the devils, and it ends with, the devils amongst jinn kind and men. So what is in between? 
in between is the recipe. How to protect you from Satan. And Allah knows best. The final level, which is the angelic aspect or level, al-nafs al-malaki. What happens when your soul enters this condition? When your soul enters this condition, then it prioritizes Allah's pleasure and Allah's obedience over the pleasure and obedience of others. Your soul strives to know Allah. Your soul strives to do things that is beloved to Allah. Your soul strives to seek nearness to Allah. As such, when you are in this state, then dhikr and tasbih, it attains, it obtains, it becomes the very epitome of happiness and satisfaction. If I can just be making some dhikr, inshallah, I will be happy. It is the happiness that that cattle-like soul gets when it drinks its most favorite drink, maybe Coke. And while it is enjoying its most favorite meal, since it's Cape Town, maybe a Gatsby. Allah knows best. Right? So you actually get, and I ask Maaf if this offends, it's not intended, you get a Coke-like tasbih. When I do that tasbih, Allahu Akbar, the fuzz and that pop, Allahu Akbar. You understand? And likewise, there is a zikr that I make that gives that satisfaction. Not to my physical being, but to that angelic side of me. It feeds my soul. So as how there is food for the body, there needs to be food for the soul. This is what we do during the month of Ramadan. During the month of Ramadan, we starve the body, we feed the soul. We've given you enough to eat for 11 months. You can have a bit of no man. You can have a bit of and lane-stand. Let us see a bit of and lane-stand. Demand. Allahu Akbar. Allah says in the Quran regarding the angels, the kind of beings that they are. وَلَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَنْ عِنْدَهُ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِهِ وَلَا يَسْتَحْسِرُونَ To Allah belongs whatever is in the heavens, and they are beings by Allah, meaning the angels, they are not too haughty to worship Allah, and they do not grow weary of His worship. Meaning worship is not a work for them. It is not a thing that, that somehow engenders tab, weariness. No. The ibadah of Allah is a means of enjoyment for them. My dear brothers, what is the point of this exercise? This Jumu'ah. Why was this Jumu'ah given? This Jumu'ah is given so that you can identify who you really are. Are you this body? Are you cattle? Or are you this body and another quality, but that quality is anger, and you have evolved into a predator? Or... Are you on a different level, a level even higher than that in sin? You are pure, satanic nature. You incline to satanic qualities, creating problems amongst others, riba and the like. Who are you? Or are you trying to come on that level where you want to be the equivalent of an angel? And here you need to understand, my dear brother and sister in Islam, that a pious human being, a pious human being is afdal, is better than the malaika. The malaika don't sin because they are unable to sin. But a pious man that doesn't sin is one that is able to sin but has chosen not to sin. Who is better? Who is better? The one that is able to sin or the one that is unable to sin? The one that is able to sin but he sins not or the one that is unable to sin? Surely the one that had the capacity but chose not to, that one is afdal. And Allah knows best. And there are very few people that attain 
to that state. There are various aspects to the soul we have discussed. Which is the higher one? Which is the true you? Is the true you the cattle side? Is the true you the predatory side? Is the true you the satanic side? Or is the true you the angelic side that seeks to build a relationship with Allah? For a Muslim, the answer should be obvious. How then to obtain true happiness? It can only truly be done by focusing on the needs of your higher self, your soul. My dear brothers, Islam is not saying to you that you must discard the needs of your body. No, the needs of the body must be fulfilled. But you must eat only enough to maintain the body and keep it in peak performance. Eat and drink only enough so that that is there. Beyond that, you need to focus on the actual you, the soul. Focus on the needs of your soul. Build for your actual home, not this place that is dunya, the other place that is akhirah. My dear brothers, why is it that at the point of death, many souls don't want to die? They don't want to die because in the dunya they build castles. While in the akhirah, what is happening? What is waiting for them? Chochombeni. Chochombeni is waiting for him. I still walk. That is what is waiting for, waiting for him. A shack. So who wants to leave a castle and go live in a shack? So what you need to do, my brother, is turn it around. Chochombeni in the dunya. Castle in the year after. So now you are eager to meet your Allah. Because meeting your Allah means entrance into that castle. Meeting your Allah means a fulfillment of your every need, 100% for all of eternity. And what is this world? If you're going to live that 65 years, or mashallah, you are the exception, you live 100 years or more. What is 100 years in comparison to eternity? Allahu Akbar. When we are sitting in Jannah one day, may Allah make it so. And we look back to the dunya, it will not even be a memory. Some of us will be thinking, what was that? Were we there? Was there such a place known as dunya? I don't know, man. Maybe that was an afternoon nap I had. It's more marak slapi. You understand? And I dreamt I was in another place called dunya. And Allah knows best. But those days, when those days come, No reason for fear. It's all good. No reason for sorrow. Because when you give up the dunya, what you get is better. So I won't be missing my BMW. I got my Burak. And Allah knows best. Who wants a BMW when I can have a Burak? Who wants a tree when I can have a tree that has all types of fruit? When I can have a fruit that whenever I bite, it's a different flavor. Allahu Akbar. Who's going to miss the watermelons of Cape Town or its apples? When I can have that of Jannah, Allahu Akbar. So this is where we must focus ourselves on. This is what we must strive for. How much happiness can you get in the dunya from eating? Even if I give you the world's best food, buy it by the world's best chef, I can guarantee you after 30 minutes, you eat enough. You eat enough. You can't eat anymore. Your nafs runs out. But see the needs of the soul. Like the soul desires ilm, true knowledge. Does the alim ever lose interest, interest in knowing more? No. He ever desires more. Ask anybody that is a student of ilm shari, of religious knowledge. Ask him, did you have enough? He will say no. 
Ask him, after 100 years, will you have enough? He will say, no. After 100 years, I've only scratched the surface of that which is ilm. I want more, and I want more, and I want more. I asked one alim one day, what would you want in Jannah? He said, you know what? If Allah can just give me all the books of the world, so I can study it for the rest of, of my life. All of those books of Imam Ghazali that I destroyed, if Allah can just bring those books back, and I can have a look at all of that, and know all that ilm that I didn't have in the dunya. His Jannah involves study. Allahu Akbar. He actually wants to study more. You understand? And he's never filled, he's never satiated. So this is the way of the soul. The way of the soul is true aspiration. Aspiration without end. So what do we need to fulfill the needs of the soul? We need an infinite being. That being is Allah. We need an infinite being. In the end, Allah is infinity. Allah is inexhaustible reality. In the end, Allah is the source of all knowledge. He is the source of all goodness. He is the source of all love. He is the source of all states of being. He is the source of all power. He is the source of all health. He is the source of all happiness. And this is what the heart truly wants and what the heart truly desires. This is what that angelic part of you wants. So my dear brothers in Islam, today's Jumu'ah is a call to really realize who you are and to really realize where your happiness lies. May Allah grant us that opportunity to know that we are much more than a body. And may Allah grant us that opportunity to attain to true happiness in this world and in the next. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين والمسلمات استغفر الله الرحيم